the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money investing, and more. What a tease. The stock market is teasing Rob Black. He does not like it. My dog, whom I love enormously, 0110110. She's binary. I know you're saying that's funny. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm just trying to remember those numbers coded back together. It's a code. Go find out what it means. Earn extra points. But she can catch anything. We call her the Wonder Dog. Zero one one zero zero one one zero. You're the Wonder Dog. She can catch popcorn. She can catch dog treats. She can catch frisbees. And sometimes she'll tease me. She'll say, "I'll throw the frisbee," and she won't catch it the first time. She won't catch it the second time. She won't catch it the third time. And then, as I, as soon as I turn my back, she's like, "Okay, give me one more chance." And then she catches it a hundred straight times. It's a tease. It's a game. It's fun. For her, for me, I'm ready to walk away. We're getting a tease out of the Wall Street today, or this week is better. Monday, we tried to hit all-time highs on the S&P 500. Swing and a miss. Tuesday, we tried to hit all-time high. Swing and a miss. Yeah, it didn't happen Wednesday either. So, is it flirtation or is it frustration? First steps for the markets to hit all-time highs could be laid today. In large part, why? In large part, in my mind, because weekly jobless claims fell for a six straight week. We're now under 400,000. We're now back to 2019 levels. This is what I would have said in June of 2019. That's a good number. It's not the best number. 350,000 would have been better, but anything under 400,000 is pretty darn good. We're at 376,000. Now, sometimes you have to couple data. And last Friday, we got the jobs report for the, for the month. And we didn't hire as many people as we thought. So some people are hesitant to come back. Or is it because they're still taking care of their children? It is a good question. And we don't have all the answers. We have some assumptions. We can deduce. We can infer. There's a lot going on. So I feel that we're starting to shape up for a very nice fall and back to school looks like it's going to be leading the charge. Again, what am I talking about? The jobless claim should have enough people to work who want to work. The end of school should have parents say, okay, I no longer need to be daycare. I no longer need to be professor or tutor for my child or babysitter to make sure that they're doing their work. We're seeing all markets open in the green. 
unemployment numbers are where we want them. Now we need to get the employment numbers where we want them. We need to have fingers crossed that the new variant of COVID can be contained. To that end, President Joe Biden sent hundreds of millions or is sending hundreds of millions of shots abroad. Knowing that we're starting to tap out in the United States of people who want a shot have gotten a shot. We're still doing a million plus shots a day, but in size of our population, we're statistically about where we're going to be for now, unless something changes or they start giving away. What could they give away? Money? They're already doing it. College tuition? They're already doing it. So the next round will be things like school saying, you can't come back unless you get your shot or college is saying, you can't come back. It's that younger population because the older population that doesn't want it, they don't want it. I've seen people shoot heroin and say, I'm not going to get a shot because I don't trust it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm not going to, let me correct that statement. I know someone who used to do crack cocaine. Leisurely. <laughs> I know you're saying, you've got some good friends, Rob. And he and his wife won't get the shot because he doesn't trust it. He'll put crack cocaine in his arm. Or, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. I, see, I don't even know my drugs well. So people are just ludicrous. <laughs> or as uh, uh, Mike Tyson would say, <laughs> Anyhow, back to the focus, right? We're looking really, really good. Back to school looks like it's going to be fantastic. The numbers that we're looking at, I know school ends today, but we're already talking back to school and back to work in large part it'll be better than it was in 2019, which was better than it was in 2018. So we're looking strong. That's good. So we're looking like 2020 didn't happen. There's going to be a surge as adults and kids look for a fresh started life. And we return to the office in the classroom. Later this morning, I'm going to be talking to my TV host, and she's kind of a fashionista. I'm like, am I going to be allowed back in studio this fall? And if I am, I better up my fashion game. Because if I, if I return with the same exact shirts that I wore... When I was last seen there, well, you get the idea. How big of a number is this, you ask? It's expected that retail sales will rise 6.7% year over year compared to 2019. That is a huge number. Apparel sales for back to school and back to work in the fall are expected to rise 78%. Department stores up 25%. Electronics up 13%. I'm a little surprised by that because I thought we would have had all the iPads and, and Chromebooks that we needed. Apparel is going to be the big winner. And as you pair that story with like Yeezy making a relationship with Gap for a $200 puffer jacket, you kind of see that right time, right place, fingers crossed. A little bit more data on the back to school numbers, if I will. Um, what are we expected to hear? Um, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, e-commerce is expected to be up about 59% year over year. I'm like, how is that possible for apparel? Okay. That's possible. Cause I, I would have thought e-commerce numbers got skewed and would have tough comparisons due to groceries. And other things that we did online during the pandemic lockdown. Okay. So you're seeing what I'm seeing, I think. We're on the same page. Or we're getting on the same page. 
back to school is lining up nicely. We know airlines are doing well. Hotels are doing well. We're seeing airlines ask workers to come back to work. We're, asking, we're seeing them be- desperately trying to hire people. We're hearing about hotels being booked through Thanksgiving. So hotel and leisure coming back, back to school, apparel coming back. We're looking okay. Again, I want to say this, fingers crossed. We saw a big inflation number out today. And Wall Street is going, inflation bad. Reopening numbers, sales numbers, good. Unemployment numbers, good. And today, that's winning. Does that stop the tease? Do we finally hit the new record high today? CPI was up 5% year over year. That's too much. 3.8%. If you look at just the core numbers, that's the largest since June 1992. So inflation is ugly right now. It's Medusa. But does that only last as we reopen? Ooh, that's the $64,000 question. Adjusted for financial terms in today, that would probably be like the $6.4 million question. You can find me online at robblackshow.com and robblackshow at YouTube. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So Peter Lynch was probably the most famous portfolio manager of all time. He ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund, which is considered to be the most successful mutual fund of all time. He never seemed to lose. He always seemed to win. As financial media started to evolve from basically the back of the newspaper, the business section, to making a little bit of headline news on the evening news, to where we are today, full-fledged 24-7, 365, Bloomberg and CNBC coverage, Peter Lynch was one of the early rock stars. He wrote a couple books, probably the most famous, What Works on Wall Street. So he worked for Fidelity. He worked for Magellan. He never seemed to lose. His funds were his fund, and he did get into more funds, but his famous fund, the Magellan Fund, did some stuff that was very, very practical. He would buy stocks like Chili's, stocks like Gap, where his kids helped him come up with the investment thesis. At least that's what he says. Now, I don't believe it's completely true, but I like the idea. He said, my teenage daughters would want to go hang out with their friends on Friday night and they'd go to Chili's and it's always crowded. Yeah, Chili's, that place, the the Tex-Mex restaurant that had its probably best growth days in the 80s and 90s. I don't know how Chili's is doing today. Don't live near one and uh, don't have a good, you know, tapping of the vein. I'm not close to it. But he, he basically said, you know, when my kids go to the mall, I watch where they shop. And if they're going into Forever 21 and it's crowded, I'm going to invest in Forever 21. If they go into Gap and it's crowded, I'm going to invest in the Gap. If I walk by a Tower Records and there's no one in there, everyone's downloading digital assets, then I'll probably sell Tower Records. He tried to make it very much so you can see what's going on. For instance, I refer to the Palo Alto Prius as a Tesla. Toyota made the Prius, right? And there's this hybrid vehicle that got 50, 55 miles per uh, gallon. It was super quiet, but it felt like a souped-up golf cart. We wanted more. We were hungry for more. 
Tesla came along and Palo Alto said, screw the Prius. We're getting Teslas. And if you go to if you go to Palo Alto now, you'll see Tesla charging stations everywhere and you'll see Teslas everywhere on the road. So that's the claim to fame for Peter Lynch. Now, let's fast forward to my children. And one thing I can tell you is I'm a little surprised they watch no network television. I thought buy a 60-inch TV. They'll probably be sitting in front of it a lot watching sports. They'll probably be hanging out watching Garfield. Maybe they'll be watching some sort of teenage vampire movie. I don't know. But nope. Their primary source of television is through YouTube. I'm a little bit shocked by that. Things like Mattel, which makes Barbies and Hot Wheels, I probably played with as a kid. They don't. I'm a little bit shocked that physical toys have gone by the way of basically trash cheap. If you go to a Toys R Us when they were open, one of the things that made you sad was that you could buy games like Monopoly and Connect Four, Rock'em Sock'em Robots for $5. And you're like, was this always $5? Like, why didn't we have more board games as kids? Because you're like, these feel like incredibly cost effective. And no, they weren't always $5. But when you get home and you open up the modern-day Monopoly, the modern-day Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the modern-day Connect Four, it's incredibly cheap, made in China. So you're like, oh, okay. And your nostalgia gets it for your kids. and Yeah, maybe you can rope-a-dope them into it once a month, but not very often. Hot Wheels, nope. Barbies, nope. Barbie left for dead. I have a extended family member who worked at Mattel, and she was in charge of uh, media productions for Barbie, like movies. And I'm like, that job ain't going to last much longer. And it didn't. So listen to this. Mattel. And you remember Nyan Cat? Big uh, digital piece of art that sold as a non-fungible token. Mattel is the latest creator to jump on the hottest craze in cryptocurrency as it puts its first digital art featuring its Hot Wheels vehicles up for sale. On Tuesday, the toy maker will offer three pieces of digital art in the form of non-fungible tokens for auction on its Mattel Creations website as part of its Hot Wheels Garage Series. The one-of-a-kind works will feature classic cars from its archive, the Twin Mill, the Bone Shaker, the Diora 2. They will accept Ethereum as a cryptocurrency. It is emerging now that Bitcoin's not going to be the winner, the last man standing, throwing that down for you. People are looking for digital currencies that are more functional on a day-by-day basis and not just by the big boy. So trying, and this is a great quote from Mattel, part of our effort to make Mattel relevant is to make sure that our brands are timeless and timely. We need to be on top of current conversations. So I get that Playboy Enterprises turn to non-fungible tokens and ways of preserving like that famous Marilyn Monroe centerfold. Preserving it with a NFT where there's only going to be 500 of them around and if you want them, you have a collectible piece of art. I get that Playboy Enterprises, for all the controversy they are, that they created some boudoir art that is collectible. I'm not so sure that Hot Wheels are But I'm also, that's not my generation. It's not my thing. 
So Mattel joins other creators in selling non-fungible tokens. Playboy, the NBA, Disaster Girl, the New York Times. NFTs rely on blockchain technology, which is ultimately, in my mind, computer code that makes cryptocurrencies possible. Blockchain technology is ultimately the most important part, and we can use it in our supply chains enormously efficiently. But blockchain is going to be part of the art world because it allows artists to have control over their works by selling limited edition digital goods directly to consumers. Artists could sell you an album that you can keep in perpetuity. Even if you lose the digital copy of it, you have the code that you own it. You can get it again. You can now sell it if they've only made a thousand copies of their gold album or their live album. You can now sell it to a collector. It's 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 very interesting. My kid has spent last three nights figuring out what his Pokemon cards are worth. And I'll be honest, I always thought they were garbage. I always thought they were junk. I always thought they were worthless. He's probably got ten cards that are worth five thousand dollars total. Um. And I probably spent $500 total buying him cards for like Christmas stocking stuffers and things. And he's starting to figure it out. So, yeah, there is some non-fungible token angles. Can you imagine Pokemon cards on NFTs? Yeah, I can't either. It's, it's a crazy collectible idea. You can't not understand or accept NFTs when people stay. Little Barbie taking a break. Find me on any social media site under the show name Rob Black Show. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a great headline in Barron's today. I like Barron's as a financial rag, financial magazine. It talks a little bit about the headline is somewhere along the lines of Ford wants to use wood to build cars, to build a zero carbon car. And I was like, are we going to be like, hey, kids in the backseat, put another log in the engine? No, it's not that. But you can make plastics out of wood just like you can make plastics out of oil. Okay, I get it. A little bit better, a little bit better, but still it was as cause of concern. The newest meme stock is DocuSign. And this is one that's not actually a bad one. AMC was on the brink of bankruptcy. I don't like it. Can you make money on it? Sure. Do I like it? No. GameStop was on the brink of shutting down. I don't like it. It was in decline. But DocuSign is, they're getting in on it. And if the memers, if the Redditors, if the Wall Street um, Twitter guys want to push this, I'm okay with that. DocuSign, who does an electronic signature technology, is replacing the old way of signing documents. The people that come to your house to do the fingerprint or you go to UPS to do the fingerprint, sign your name, they look at your ID. They always seem to take longer at UPS than they do when they come to your home. They got that fancy book journal. That's a business I would not want to be in because DocuSign really accelerated during the pandemic. Uh, remote signatures. I sold an office property. Didn't have to leave my, 
didn't even have to leave my home. DocuSign everything. DocuSign the attorney paperwork. DocuSign the, the uh, send me a check paperwork. Did it all. So the signing with a pen. So if I were a ballpoint pen investor, I might want to sell my shares of. I love. I know you're saying, what do you love, Rob? I love the Pilot Pen called the G2. Um, it's the only pen that I use because it makes my handwriting look kind of cool. Um, but I wouldn't be invested in it right now because DocuSign is even cooler. DocuSign, ticker symbol D-O-C-U, is up 7% this year. AMC is up 2,200%. GameStop's up 1,500%. I'm cool with DocuSign. I'm not against it. It's a leading edge technology company. It's a way of changing an archaic way of doing business, make it more modern. There's no tulip mania going on. Ultimately, once the business is established and trusted, it's hit the beachhead, it's expanded. They'll be okay. Um, is it aggressive? Yes. Is it less crazy than GameStop and AMC? Yes. Would I put all my eggs in it? No. But DocuSign's A got a good name. Let's say I buy a house this week. I'm going to have to sign a lot of paperwork. I'd rather DocuSign it than have a human being come over to me and say, here's a stack of papers. Sign here. They flip it. Sign here. They flip it. Sign here. I don't. It's not that I don't have time for that. It's just that I don't want to do it. So again, I'm not. It's not a buy recommendation, but it's definitely an interesting stock recommendation. Bill Gates is the largest private farmland owner in America, according to NBC. He owns in Washington State a lot of land that's used to grow potatoes for. Wait for it, McDonald's French fries. So you start thinking about Bill Gates and you think, okay, he's the largest private farmland owner. America's going to need food. The world's going to need food. I get it. That's where he's put some of his money. And then you start seeing some of his fields are populated with potatoes that are used for McDonald's fries, which for the record, have they changed since you were a child? I don't think so. I still look at McDonald's fries as almost a dessert. If I get it twice a year, I'm like, I'm stoked. I know you're saying, you need to live, Rob. You need to live. Bill Gates has come under a lot of scrutiny recently about kind of being not only philanthropic, but a flanderer. <laughs> I know you're saying, you are in trouble, Rob. Um, yeah. But again, who? that's just one of those headlines that you like to see is like, yeah, Bill Gates is, is uh, planting potatoes for McDonald's. That's not exactly going to save the planet. Greasy French fry. Greasy, greasy French fried potatoes. I like French fried potatoes. If you don't know the reference, you think I'm an idiot. If you do know the reference, you're like, he's pretty cool. Uh, markets are playing with, I want to repeat this once again, all-time highs. It's been Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of not being able to achieve it, getting into that area, and then pulling back. Today, the initial jobless Filing claims fell for the sixth straight week to a new pandemic era low, i.e. it's as if the pandemic never happened. That's good news. As the market opened, we've started to come back a little bit. 
telling me that the inflation numbers might be rock, scissors, paper starting to beat the all-time highs and the initial jobless filings falling. The inflation beats in jobs. I get it. Inflation will lead to higher interest rates. Higher interest rates will lead, lead to uh, more expensive money. More expensive money will lead. So you, you see where that's going. Less risk is how I probably should just finish that. You want to feel old? Raiders of the Lost Ark is turning 40 years old. Do you remember the joy of seeing movies in movie theaters? Steven Spielberg. Whether it's benevolent aliens or neato torpedo dinosaurs or whip-cracking archaeologists, whether it be Jaws or Close Encounters or Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark holds a dear spot for many of us. Spielberg's 74 years old. In honor of Raiders turning 40, I tried to watch it with my kids. And guess what? It sucks. It's no good. There's five great scenes in the movie. And there's an hour 15 of like, blah, 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 talk, 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 talk. And there's 25 minutes of fun. Movie came out June 12th, 1981. Steven Spielberg, 74 years old. He's still keeping busy. He's coming out with a new take on West Side Story in theaters December 10th. But if you were to look at all the movies that he's done, what a prolific amount of work. And I'll rate them from top to bottom because I like lists. Who doesn't like lists? You go Jurassic Park, Lost World, 1997. Then you go Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Then War of Worlds. Then Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Soul. Then you go The Terminal. Then BFG. Then Artificial Intelligence, Sugarland Express. Hook, Always, Amistad, Duel, Ready Player One, Munich, War Horse, The Adventures of Tintin, Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, Bridge of Spies, 1941, Empire of the Sun, Lincoln, The Post, Saving Private, Ryan, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Close Encounters of a Third Kind, Jurassic Park in the Top 5 All-Time Movies by Steven Spielberg, The Color Purple, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and then we get the number three. I go Schindler's List. Black and white, dramatic masterwork, beautiful and brutal all at the same time. Then number two, I'm going to go Jaws. And number one, only because I remember it so fondly, was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Maybe I should redo that and say the fondness isn't there anymore, but it's the 40th anniversary of Indy. Okay, let's go with Jaws. It's something to reflect on because we're going into the summertime months. People stopped going to the beaches because of that movie. Like, for a long period of time, people would not get in the water. Now, you know a little bit about music, so I don't have to tell you this. It's a two-note theme. It's two notes! And you have an infamous killer shark. Which, how many times do you get to say that phrase in life? He's more than famous. He's notorious. He's a notorious shark killer. Or he's a notorious killing shark. He's not a shark killer. That's what Richard Dreyfuss is and Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw is Quint. Do you remember Quint? Quint was awesome. He was obsessed to catch his great white nemesis. He was based on Moby Dick. Man versus nature. 
the classic literature that we all learned in college. We might have learned in high school if we went to an accelerated high school like Rob, but not all of us did. So Jaws. Yes, we're going to call that the best movie, but today we're going to say we're going to lie to ourselves and say it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Man versus nature. And just the idea of a shark. I love I love summertime movies. Do you remember Orca the Killer Whale? It was another studio's desperate attempt to recreate Jaws, the killer shark. Orca the Killer Whale at one point in time got really mad at a, a boater because the, the movie starts out with a boater like going out and trying to hunt uh, whales and he kills a whale that ultimately had babies in it so the babies died and the orca becomes obsessed with revenge so the orca starts hunting down this fisherman and a fisherman's shanty which happens to be he lives on a, a cabin that's like 100 feet above the water very convenient for an orca whale to hunt down a person right and at one point in time he hits the wood pilings underneath he hits the wood pilings underneath and the the shanty starts to fall into the ground into the ocean and his girlfriend's in the house and the the girlfriend's leg, she's like, she's about to fall in the water. And the orca jumps out of the water and bites one leg off. He doesn't eat her whole. He just bites a leg. It's like a little cocktail sausage. Like, Jaws, much better movie than Orca the Killer Well, But heck, who doesn't like a summertime thriller? Going back to the movies, are you going to go this summer? Let's see what the movies are. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm a rational man. It's a great line in the song. Let's talk irrationally real quick. Homeowners got $2 trillion richer during the first three months of the year. Do you know anyone who's renting? They hear that headline, they're like, I got to jump in. I can't let this keep going up without me. The train's leaving the station. Or dang it, it's never going to work out for me. I don't like numbers like that. Homeowners with mortgages saw their equity jump 20% in the first quarter from the year earlier. I own three mortgages. I'm stoked to see that. If it was survival of the fittest, if it was like last man on the planet gets the hot woman and I have a mortgage, woohoo! And there's 10 men, nine who don't. Who's the lady to fall for? It's a trap. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar did not have to die. The whole J.J. Abrams reboot was a disaster because of it. But that's my opinion. So the rep, the $2 trillion. Tells you, A, first and foremost, a lot of people have houses. And it's a big market. And it's one of the reasons that we can't really let housing collapse, just like the stock market. We are in this really weird situation where our government officials feel like they have to help homeowners and, and shareholders. And I'll be honest with you, I wish they won it. Low interest rates are hurting, not helping. <coughs> They're helping the rich. They're hurting the people that need it. Now, again, the higher interest rates would cause a lot of pain as well. So there's really no right answer. I don't care if you're in exile in Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat, or if you're a Trump Republican, or a Mitt Romney Republican, or a Joe Biden Democrat. So I'm kind of saying moderate, moderate. 
extreme extreme or far right, far left. Kind of like I'm trying to show you, like, I don't care. Um, record low mortgage rates for much of the last year only added to the buy-in frenzy. The average person with a mortgage, the average mortgage was up $33,400 in value. Um, that's pretty impressive. A collective $2 trillion, the massive gain is obviously thanks to soaring home prices. Dun, da, 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 no doubt. The sharpest gain since 2006, which for the record, let's go back in history and look what happened in 2008, the housing crash. So we're seeing the lead up that led to the crash. Uh-oh, is this history repeating itself? It's the time traveler's wife. You don't know who I am, but I've been in the future and this is going to happen again. No, I've been in the past. This has already happened. I don't even understand time travel. I just know not to want to do it because it's going to lead to disastrous mistakes. I know you're saying, are you talking sci-fi? Yes, I am. So high demand for homes is spurred um, demand. And that goes back to the coronavirus pandemic and low supply. Record low mortgage rates add to the frenzy and the price gains. When mortgage rates go up, your purchasing power on a home will go down. So when mortgage rates go up, the teeter-totter is you may be able to afford a $300,000 or let's say a $4,000 payment. But when mortgage rates go up, that $4,000 becomes $4,200. And they go up again, it becomes $4,500. If it becomes to go up again, it becomes $6,000. And you're like, I can't do that anymore. That's too much money. So I will say this, and they're not very popular right now, but arms, not like the things on your body, but arms are adjustable rate mortgages. Um, I would say be careful if you have one right now. Just know that your pricing will probably go higher because we're seeing back-to-school shopping go higher. We're seeing hotel and leisure demand go higher. Now, I don't think home prices are going to crash, but I think the cost of a mortgage <laughs> – excuse me. I think I got the black lung pop. Um, I don't expect home prices to crash. Strong demand for housing. Demographic support housing going forward. But I do expect prices to moderate. And I, keep in mind, I like moderation to be moderate. I like moderate in moderation. I'm not an extreme left or extreme right kind of guy. Unlike the last time home prices crashed, today's mortgage underwriting is a lot more stringent. In 2008, when we had the mortgage collapse and the housing collapse that went with it, we had a problem where people who were encouraged to lie on their mortgage application. There were what known, what were known, speaking the shop. I've been possessed by a grammar demon. Um, there were, uh, excuse me, I thought that's actually kind of funny. The Exorcist, I saw when I was like six years old, and that may explain everything to you. It still freaks me out to see that movie. And I will never eat uh, uh, being uh, split pea. Ever, never, ever, never split pea. Split pea for something for some reason. I've never really eaten it. And I never really will because that movie messed me up. So we no longer have the liar loans. We have lenders who really, I described it as that uncomfortable first doctor visit when you're 50. And the doctor's like, like drop your drawers, turn around. And you're like, what? What? Um, how long is this? What? Okay, it's been 10 minutes. You can stop now. It's awkward. First time you ever have it done, it's awkward, but you get over it. I kind of expect that to kind of play out here. 
in large part because the underwriting is more stringent and we've made getting a mortgage a lot more like going to a doctor's visit, a lot more clinical, a lot more proof, a lot more data. And, and it's, it's very invasive. If you try to get a mortgage right now, they're not going to go, here you go. Here's $600,000. They're going to say, well, did you keep a job during the pandemic? Were you essential? Were you not essential? They're going to ask a lot more questions. So we got, got that going for us. Elsewhere in the world of money and investing, inflation numbers were awful. And uh, we saw prices jump 5%, fastest pace since the summer of 2008. But when you exclude food and energy, it was a 3.8% gain, which is the highest number since 1992. And Wall Street's not noticing it today, in large part because the first-time unemployment claims were low, under 400,000, which is kind of a pre-pandemic. It's as if the pandemic never, ever happened. Cruise, the autonomous vehicle subsidiary of GM, it's backed by SoftBank, Microsoft, and Honda, secured a permit. It's a company called Cruise. They got little cars that drive around cities. This permit's going to allow them to shuttle passengers in test vehicles without a human safety operator behind the wheel. It's not Google. It's not Apple. It's not Uber. It's not Tesla who got the first permit in California to test sh shuttles, essentially, that take people back and forth from point A to point B. Driverless pilot program. Um, but they got their permit in California. And you're going, who? Yeah, it's Microsoft, Honda, SoftBank. Is this the end-all, be-all change? No. I expect autonomous vehicles to be a story for another five to ten years. I expect electric vehicles to be a story for the next five to ten years. There's a lot of players like AutoX, Baidu, Cruise, Nuru, PonyEye, Waymo, WeRide, Zooks, all angling for that California permit because that's where the testing is going to be important. So that's where the technology companies are. You can find me online at robloxshow.com. And this is an appropriate song to take us to break. Don't forget YouTube channel Rob Black Show. New videos up today.